the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Welcome to a, another episode of No Butts About It. I am your host, Josh Butts, in my dining room in Indiana. We have Chuss in his parents' basement in Pittsburgh. And we have Stan, the Jet fan, in his dorm room in Steubenville, Ohio. Of course, it is September 11th, and we do uh, remember all those lives that were lost today. And uh, it's also... My parents' wedding anniversary. They were married before the events, though, so um, it's not a weird crossover thing. But anyway, shout out to my parents. Happy anniversary. And um, happy birthday to my friend um, Nate. He may not listen to this, but happy birthday <laughs> to Nate. Um, he actually was born on September 11th, 2001, on the day that it happened. So mm. very... If, if there is any blessing that happened, uh, at least Nate at least was born. Was, well, Nate, if Nate you born. do listen, thank you. And if you don't, you'll never hear this. So whatever. But yeah, we do remember the lives that are lost because it was a very big tragedy in America. And it's very sad. But we're not here to try to bring the mood down too much. We're here to talk some football with you guys on this Monday afternoon here and josh would you like to start us yes off because i know you love to start us off because i'm just a co-host so first thing we're going to talk about cincinnati Bengals, the best team in the nfl did absolutely trash yesterday like the offense was so questionable um i i don't want to overreact but i'm not sure joe burrow is completely healthy uh, someone texted me during the game that Joe Burrow looks like Sam Darnold and he is seeing ghosts in the field. Uh, there was weather that was a factor and we had some balls that were kind of underthrown, overthrown, couldn't really get a grip on them. Uh, the run game was could have been better. Ba- basically, everything offensively that we're usually really good at went horrible. Terrible game. And I don't feel bad saying that because the players know that. I don't think that they came out of that game and were like, oh, yeah, you know what? 82 yards. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's the Super Bowl team right there. But uh, getting that out of the way, the bad stuff. We sucked. We lost to the Browns, only scored three points. McPherson shanked a field goal. It was a whole mess. Like, we didn't have any business playing in that game. Week one doesn't count. But – Let's look at the good stuff because they're going to make week one count anyway. Defense. Uh, We did have a forced fumble. 
Jermaine Pratt forced a fumble off of Nick Chubb, which, again, could have been because of the wet conditions. But Jermaine Pratt is that guy. He likes to force a lot of turnovers. So that was a very good play, very exciting. And then Dax Hill was able to come up with an interception. He was brought in, um, or he was drafted last year in the first round to presumably replace Jesse Bates, who we will talk about later. Jesse is... uh, a very some very big shoes to fill. Dax Hill did a very nice job of filling those shoes. Uh, he was everywhere yesterday. Same with Cam Taylor Britt. Very excited about this defense. If there was one thing that you had to pick out yesterday that the Bengals did well, it is that the defense looked great. Could have been better sometimes, but for the most part, they looked amazing. Very excited to watch this defense as I have been all offseason. Second thing that I loved Orlando Brown jr. Starting left tackle his first game we brought him in from the chiefs. He was a free agent and uh, chiefs fans are saying, Hey, this guy sucks. We got Jawan Taylor now and the NFL lets him line up illegally. We can get away with it. So uh, we don't need Orlando Brown jr. Orlando Brown jr. Lined up against miles Garrett. And yes, there were some times that he got beat by miles Garrett. But it's Miles freaking Garrett. Miles Garrett is arguably the best pass rusher in the NFL. And at, when it was all said and done, Joe Burrow was only sacked two times, which I'd say is pretty good for an offensive line that is still coming together and for a player who was going up against the best pass rusher in the NFL in his first game. So that was very exciting. I do, however, want to give a shout-out to a young Browns cornerback who I truthfully hadn't really heard much about before yesterday, Amore Jones and Amore Jones ruined many people's fantasy teams yesterday because he was primarily on T Higgins and uh, he kept T Higgins from catching the ball. Amore Jones played fantastic yesterday. He locked down T Higgins. T Higgins is usually a guy who's very good at catching those, uh, competitive balls. He was able to climb up and get the ball when he needs to. Amore Jones made sure that didn't happen. T had eight targets and had zero receptions. So Amore Jones is someone who, if you're a Browns fan, you should be very excited to have, in my opinion, because locking up T Higgins is not an easy task. A lot of Bengals fans are freaking out. They're saying, it's over. We suck. I hate this team. Zach Taylor's an idiot. This is what Bengals fans say every year when we lose opening week. And by the end of it, Zach Taylor is a genius who the whole city loves. I'm not worried. You shouldn't be worried if you're a Bengals fan. I think you should be worried if you're a Steelers fan, though, because the Bengals are going to come, and we are going to make sure that we are not going to give that division back to you guys or the Ravens. Or I guess the Browns, technically, since they have your number. No. Considering, I mean, hey, go figure. We still put up uh, a touchdown, at least. Yeah, so, but Kenny Pickett I mean, forgot. Like, Kenny, this is why I say week one doesn't count. Because it, it's like the best quarterbacks in the league all forgot how to play football. I was going to say, I was like, even with Kenny Pickett forgetting how to throw a ball, I mean, I feel like a lot of quarterbacks just were not having good games. I mean arguably i mean i feel like patrick mahomes like had struggled like struggled on thursday night with like his receivers and stuff so that kind of like tanked his completion rate at times so i feel like just because i know joe burrow had he was like 
I hate to bring up the stat because I know you are probably going to like cringe, but I know it was like he was like what twelve of thirty two or something like that for eighty yards. Or Joe Burrow like sucked that. yesterday. Joe Burrow sucked. Yeah, yesterday. and I think Kenny Pickett was like twenty four of thirty six or like twenty of thirty six, but still a lot of the throws he had were kind of questionable. And it, I'm and I'm going to ask you this before I get into get into my next thing because this was a question I actually have posed into something relating to the Steelers. So actually I'll probably just get into mine unless you have any final thoughts with the Bengals because well, you kind of like led into the Steelers talk. I have nothing about the Bengals, but Stan, did you have anything about the Bengals? I don't know if you watched that game or not. I, uh, I did watch it and I had a bunch of Bengals on my fantasy teams. So it was quite disappointing. I will say, I mean, uh, for the record, I was the person who texted you about the Joe Burrow, Sam Darnold thing. Okay. Um, Joe Burrow did not look like himself last night. Now, I'm still a big fan of Joe Burrow, and I think he's, I think he is a top five quarterback. But there's a lot of weight on his shoulders looking into these futures uh, games because if you're a third, it's a third year quarterback now. Um, somebody's been around, uh, sorry, fourth year quarterback, been around. Uh, you know, had two really the last two seasons for him are amazing, right? He has to be able to lead his team. Now Higgins being uh, covered so. Uh, closely definitely had an impact on him but you know he was failing to find open passes sometimes and some of the passes he did throw were into places that had no receivers around him so I really hope he could bring it together um I do think part of the blame is on his O-line even though he did only got sacked twice there were a lot of defensive players getting through now Joe Burrow is a guy who knows how to throw the ball away and get out of those situations which is why he only got two sacks but I do think his O-line is partially to blame when they're getting so many guys coming at him the entire game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the O-line wasn't like – we're not talking Eagles O-line here. But when we're used to getting sacked five times a game and they only allowed two sacks against the best pass rusher in the NFL, I'll take that as a win when they're still trying to figure stuff out. Um, not It's not – a perfect O-line, but people were acting like there were high schoolers out there and that they, or they weren't even standing there. And so I, I think they played a lot better than what people give them credit for. Um, and I was going to say real quick for, for like Bengals fans, um, I wouldn't stress on it too much as Josh said, because for a couple of reasons, number one, we've already mentioned it is week one, Joe Burrow had been injured all preseason or most of preseason on top of that, Joe Burrow also didn't look that great in the Steelers game week one last year, and he also was kind of dealing with an injury during preseason last year, and he bounced back. So, I mean, I'm not saying, like, you know, Joe Burrow was the sole reason why you guys lost last year against the Steelers, but I'm just saying that even with that loss, you guys still bounced back. And I'm pretty sure you guys won week two. I mean, I don't remember. You guys you would probably remember better than I do. I think but, we still lost. Um, if, if we suck either, this bad I week mean, three, I'll be worried. Week two. Yeah, I, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and plus, and and on top of that, on top of the Joe Burrow thing, it is a divisional game, and divisional games are never meant to be easy. Um, it, it's because you play them twice a year. Sometimes you see them in playoffs. I mean, you know, last year you saw Baltimore three times. So, I mean, there's always that chance that you, like – struggle against these teams and we know that joe burrow doesn't do the best against cleveland you even said that on your last podcast or on the last podcast so it it, it happens but i wouldn't stress on it too much okay so, so what's our steelers reaction what's our uh i didn't watch that game my red zone wasn't working so 
I don't know. That's uh, that's okay. You didn't really miss a whole lot of <laughs> eventful action on that that side of the ball. Um, I will give you the details that I know up until halftime because I actually did turn it off so that I could go DoorDash and make money <laughs> because I figured I was like, this isn't a good enough game to watch for me to actually be invested in. So at one point in the game, um, like at the beginning of the game, we got the kickoff and I was really excited and then we immediately went three and out. But on the first play of the game, Kenny Pickett threw a ball to George Pickens for six yards. Super exciting. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Next thing you know, I see a jet sweep. And I was like, we're done. Because all Matt Canada likes to do is play the dang jet sweep. So a couple of things that I have kind of noticed. First of all, I don't think Kenny Pickett played great. And, you know, I'm a huge Kenny Pickett fan, but I don't think he played really, really solid football yesterday. Now, granted, he did have a touchdown, two interceptions. I think he had like 240 passing yards, which is okay. It wasn't like he did like a horrible performance. I mean, like go figure Daniel Jones yesterday and that game threw for 104 yards and two interceptions. So, I mean, at least he did better than Daniel Jones did. So I'll, I'll, I will give Kenny a little bit of credit on that. At least we got a touchdown on the board, but um, it was a, it was a very hard game to watch. Now I know San Francisco is a very good team, but there's a lot of weaknesses that I've seen already in the team. For example, the offensive line, the O line, the picket fence that was supposed to be this huge thing. You, you allow Kenny to get sacked five times. And one of the things I noticed during the game was that, you know, Kenny Pickett, he's only in year two. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to have what they call happy feet. He's going to be a little startled in the backfield. He's not going to know when to run. He's going to be, you know, stressed out. He's hearing the footsteps. And the problem is, is if he doesn't have a good O-line to protect him, he's going to struggle a little bit. I mean, this is his first year starting the full season. Last year, he started week four was hurt a couple of times because he had two concussions. So with the offensive line struggling, it kind of put a lot of pressure on Kenny. I think he had like six total pressures or something like that and got sacked five times. So that is not good for an O-line to have like to be struggling that bad and to allow Kenny to get sacked five times is ridiculous. So, but I mean, I don't think Kenny was like, I mean, he did as best as he possibly could. It still wasn't that great i mean he was overthrowing balls he was underthrowing a lot of underthrown stuff um on one of the interceptions uh, i didn't see the other one but on one of the interceptions he um he kind of like overthrew it to deontay johnson and deontay johnson slipped i noticed like a couple players were slipping yesterday but they were also slipping during the pit game so that kind of was kind of interesting because Pitt also played at akersher on saturday um because patrick peterson also slipped in the end zone against brandon Ayuk which caused the first touchdown for the San Francisco 49ers. So that was kind of like worrying because, you know, Patrick Peterson. But I actually didn't think Peterson looked that bad. I think he did pretty good on some of the lockdown, like, slot plays. Like, some of the slot guys would try to get, like, first downs, and he would just, like, kind of, like, slap it down. He was he didn't play bad. But I do wonder about the, um, the like, defense overall. And I don't know if you guys can hear my dog barking either, but – <laughs> but yeah, so my dog probably sees the mailman or something. But nonetheless, um, I I think the O-line was struggling. It made Kenny Pickett struggle. San Francisco is a very good team. Obviously, they went to the NFC Championship for a reason, and they probably could have won that game had Brock Purdy not gotten hurt. So this team is very elite. The Steelers are still rebuilding, and they're still struggling. And one of the things that really str- str- like really made me frustrated yesterday because like once I turned it off and I was like, we're not doing anything, 
very bad plays. Kenny's getting pressured too much. He's overthrowing. He's getting underthrown. He's just not doing well. Um, one of the things that I hate doing, and this is probably why I don't go on Twitter that much, um, <laughs> or X, just like how you were talking about Bengals fans, Steelers fans are like 10 times worse when it comes to this. And that is why I am a Steelers fan, but I am not a part of whatever they call themselves a Steeler Nation because my goodness gracious, Steelers Nation is the most toxic fan base I've ever like even seen on Twitter in my entire existence because goodness gracious, literally as soon as one bad game happens, they want to just like, like just get rid of the entire team. And that's not how that works because, and this is where the question goes. Like they would blame four, five, six, seven different people on the reason we lost and stuff like that. And I mean, it's really hard to pinpoint exactly who it is. I mean, I would personally like when it comes to the offense and the trends with the offense, I would personally blame Matt Canada just because over the last couple of years, he hasn't been getting those offensive yards. I mean, you're only averaging like last year, you only averaged like 16, 17, maybe 18 points offensively a game, which is not good for a team that's trying to, you know, actually win games. You're relying solely on your defense who, you know, can only do so much, but like, one of the things that Steelers fans like don't realize is that like one bad game doesn't define us. And that like, you know, there's, you know, 16 more games that we have to play after this. But one of these questions that I had was like, and this just goes for everybody in general, because people were saying, Kenny Pickett was trash. Mike Tomlin was, you know, a terrible coach. Matt Canada is awful. And it kind of goes into this question because this is the same question I've been asking people. I was like, but more or less if Joe Burrow, and this is just hypothetical. This is completely hypothetical because, like, I had to think this myself as well. If Joe Burrow has similar numbers to what he had yesterday for, let's say, the next six games, I'm not saying 80 yards and a touchdown, but let's say, like, 130 and an interception or 130 and a touchdown, would you blame the head coach, the offensive coordinator, or the quarterback? Uh, I'll, I'll let Stan answer this, and then I'll answer it because I want to think about it. Okay. I'll probably – I'm probably uh, blaming that coaching staff. I mean, Joe Burrow is a guy who's proven. Kenny Pickett, I'm a big fan of Pickett, and I think he's shown himself uh, on the field throughout last year. Um, and, and Pickett, even in the preseason, he looked really solid. So I'm probably blaming uh, that coaching staff. I think they need to make sure their quarterback is getting the help he needs and he's getting the work in that he needs in practice throughout the week leading up to each, each game. Uh, the coaching staff is responsible for providing that for him. So if he is struggling to read the field and deal with his matchups, I would put the blame on them. I'm going to give a non-answer. And that is, I think I, it would matter. What, <laughs> is, what is the context? Um, so like, is the coach drawing up plays that work well for the receivers? Are the receivers injured? I'm going to assume the receivers aren't injured in this hypothetical. Yeah, In this hypothetical, so, assume none of the receivers are hurt. If, Joe was throwing like he was yesterday. I would blame Joe because okay. he was throwing to people that didn't exist. Yes. And it, okay. um, part of that I think was because of the pass rush. Part of that was the rain. The, the combination of the two kind of makes you lose the entire middle of the field. So he can only throw to the sideline. It's hard to make those passes sometimes. If that became a consistent thing where he's just not comfortable throwing in the middle of the field, then I'd start to blame Joe Burrow. If we're in the Steelers case, as we've seen multiple times, 
where we're only running jet sweeps. We're only running post routes. Matt Canada likes his post routes. Um, yeah. I, I can see why you would blame the coaching staff and not Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I mean, like, and it's one of those things where Steelers fans always just pick somebody to target in the comments section or on Twitter. So it's kind of just like, instead of somebody being like, it's Matt Canada's fault or it's my, like, they'll blame every single player ever. They'll be like, the reason we lost was Patrick Peterson, Patrick Peterson slipping in the end zone. The reason we lost was Deontay Johnson causing Kenny Pickett to get the ball intercepted. Um, Kenny Pickett is bad. Matt Canada is bad. The defensive coordinator is bad. You know, Mike Tomlin needs fired. He doesn't do anything now uh, off topic, but just so you guys know, Steelers fans, Mike Tomlin is not getting fired anytime soon. <laughs> I just want you, I just want you to know. You mean that the only the, one... co- the only coach in the NFL without a losing season isn't getting fired soon. Well, they, th- another thing that Steelers fans want is for my, Mike Tomlin to be fired. Now I will say that like some of the Super Bowl runs that he had early on in his career, like in, 08 and like 2010 i believe or 2011 whichever year that was against green bay those, those teams were i feel like they were built up by the coach before him which was bill cower or not yeah cower uh yeah so and a lot of that was built up by cower and um and i mean so a lot of the success mike tomlin had at the early part of his career was from cower but a lot of fans get really frustrated because they feel that Mike Tomlin hasn't done anything, but the one thing with it is like he's still getting those winning seasons, like when, like doing anything as in like getting us that championship. Mm. Like we had the Killer yeah. Bees yeah. and that crazy offense, you know, years and years in like 2014 and 13 and stuff like that, just for us to lose in like the wild card divisional or the AFC championship to like the Patriots or something. Um, so a lot of times they're like, well, Mike Tomlin can't, you know like he just like sucks and like you know there needs to be a change the problem is is the the Roonies who own the Steelers really like people that can like motivate the team and what Mike Tomlin likes to do is motivate the team so for example last year we started two and six and we finished the season seven and two so it would have been well we didn't finish at seven and two but we started with a record of two and six our final yeah we finished nine and eight but we finished out the season with the seven and two record so which is pretty good so he likes to motivate his players and going into this week i wouldn't be surprised if he motivates the steelers to win on monday night football in pittsburgh against the cleveland browns who knock on wood have not won in pittsburgh since 2003 so let's hope that that continues (laughs) staying on it's been like 20 years i mean granted minus the afc afc wildcard game that happened Mm -hmm like three years ago, like a season game. They haven't won since 2003, but just a lot to say, but Mike Tomlin, I don't think the problem. I think it might be Canada. If it's not Canada, I mean, we would just, I mean, you just kind of have to like play it by ear because for Steelers fans, they're very quick to blame somebody, everybody. And I feel like the Bengals fans are kind of giving you a little bit of taste of what Steeler nation has become, because I know every, everybody on your end is complaining pretty poorly too on why everybody should be fired and everybody should be an idiot and Joe Burrow sucks. So I don't know if anybody said that, but nonetheless. That's sacrilege in Cincinnati. You can't say that. Um, anyway, but that, that was my point. So I think I think we're going to be in for about a week too, to me and to you. Okay. Stan, did you have anything to add before we move on? No? Okay. No. So uh, if you have anything to say, the viewer – 
you have any thoughts on why the Bengals and the Steelers sucked week one, make sure to comment that below and uh, we can discuss that. I know <laughs> one of the videos, I forget which video it was, someone commented, is this chess guy for real? Um, yeah, he, I don't really know what I said in that Ty I, Chandler video, but I'm 100% real. So he I don't... is real. He's as real as it gets. Well, um, I was able to watch part of, not the whole thing, part of the Jordan Love starter debut against the Chicago Bears. And uh, I think there's a bit of an overreaction on the part of some Green Bay fans who are like, oh, yep, see, we went Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Now we've got our next Hall of Fame quarterback, Jordan Love. He won us the game. He beat the crap out of the Bears. These Bears are supposed to be good, supposedly. They did not look good. Um, I said during the off season, I think Justin Fields is overhyped. We talked about him being an Ohio state quarterback and all that, who he's supposed to be amazing for some reason, even though Ohio state quarterbacks aren't generally good. Um, I didn't see anything from the bears where I was like, this is a team to beat in the NFC North. Um, Jordan love though, I will say, and I want to see him more. I want to see him play against like a team that I'm like, okay, that's a good team. And even if he loses, I want to see how he plays. He looked good in the pocket. The one thing that I noticed that was iffy, and this can be worked out with time, is he stood there for too long. And there were a lot of times that I noticed um, players or his receivers seemed like they were locked up. They He wasn't going to throw the ball to someone. If he did, it was almost definitely going to be a turnover, that type of thing. And he just held on to it for too long, and it created a uh, sack and a few times it almost a fumble. Um, one specific instance I can think of was it was like a two-minute drill or something when the game was still close, and they, they were on a time crunch for some reason. And they were trying to get to, into field goal range, and they were in field goal range on third down, and then he held on to the ball in third down, and uh, fourth down, they were out of field goal range. So um, that's just one instance I can think of. I'd like to see Jordan Love improve there. I'm not ready to call him the next Aaron Rodgers or the next Brett Favre. I'm not sure you want to be the next Brett Favre anymore, but uh, that's a completely different, allegedly, thing. And uh, <laughs> mm. that safe word, allegedly, gets you out of a lot of stuff. Um but, yeah, I'm not ready to call Jordan Love the next Aaron Rodgers. I want to see him play against a real team. I don't think the Chicago Bears are the team to really stack him up against. What do you guys think? Um, I was going to say, I mean, with Jordan Love, I think he showed a lot of promise in uh, week one. But, obviously, you know, I don't think the Bears have entirely improved to this point where I think they're going to be some, like, goat squad going into this year so i can see why jordan love did really well um i know you were pretty high on what the atlanta falcons defense this, oh yeah, oh, this yeah. Week. We're, we're gonna get yeah, to we're, that. We're, and we're gonna get to that but they do i'm pretty sure green bay does play atlanta this week if okay. i'm not wrong okay. so and that and jordan love will have a uh, little bit of test there if you really are that high on the atlanta Falcons. i didn't watch that game i don't know how well they did i mean obviously like i, I know the final but like nonetheless Jordan Love will have a huge challenge going into the next week if Atlanta's defense keeps it up. But, I mean, he does have a lot to prove still, but I do, I do think he shows promise, which there was another quarterback that I will uh, mention that I did think had a lot of promise too, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. 
Um, any Jordan Love thoughts, Stan? The main thing I want to see for him is consistency, uh, especially with young quarterbacks. Uh, that's the main thing they tend to lack. Now, Love's been in the league for a few years. He's been sitting on the bench, but he's been in the league. So if he is not consistent, I don't think he's ever going to be consistent. So four or five weeks into the season, if he's able to put up these type of performances, or at least average performances, I'll be happy with him. For the time being, though, I think it's way too early to tell, especially because he's been in the league all these years and just hasn't really had the reps on the field to show it. Okay. So uh, with that being said, we are going to move into a new kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a segment, but uh, a part of the show we're going to try to do each week where Chuss is going to highlight some players that uh, might not necessarily be great in fantasy, but are going to be uh, or had great weeks. And then Chuss is also going to start doing a segment that's only going to be on YouTube, a YouTube video each week. We're going to try for each week where he highlights a guy um, that he thinks is a sleeper pick in fantasy that you should grab uh, something similar to the Ty Chandler video, who he had 2.8 points in fantasy this week, which is more than Drake London and T Higgins combined. So uh, Ty Chandler. And he was sleeper. close to Joe Burrow's numbers. Yeah. He's elite. Okay. So, so uh, Chuss, who are your guys this week? I mean, I know you really wanted to highlight um, Jesse Bates. I know, like, since the non-fantasy uh, room here, uh, you said you wanted to discuss a little bit about Jesse Bates, so I, I can let you talk about Jesse Bates. And then there was one one more specific guy that I wanted to highlight as well as some other wide receivers and stuff too, but I think Jesse Bates was your big one that you wanted to highlight for this week. Okay. Well, he tossed it back to me, so I guess I'll take it. I'll no, catch- I'll, I'll, and, and I'll come back, <laughs> just, and we'll, we'll swing back. But I figured Jesse okay. Bates was the first one on my head because okay. you, you have it highlighted in these notes right here in right. front of me. Okay, so, so Jesse Bates. Uh, I had mentioned Jesse Bates before, and I said, obviously he was with the Bengals. He's from the same hometown as me. Um, I, kn- I watched him when he was in high school, and he's always been a stud. Jesse Bates is a player I've – Loved when the Bengals drafted him, and I'm going to continue to root for him. I have no reason not to root for him unless the Bengals are playing for him or playing against him. Jesse Bates had three big plays yesterday on the Falcons' defense. Now, they're playing Bryce Young's Panthers, and the Panthers aren't a great team. I'll grant you that. But the Falcons aren't either. And maybe you want to say Bryce Young is the reason, like, these numbers, sure, whatever. But what you can't deny is Jesse Bates had two interceptions and a forced fumble. And the forced fumble he forced on Miles Sanders, who is a veteran, and went to the Super Bowl last year. So he's obviously doing something right. I think that this is a steal for the Falcons. They had to pay a lot of money for him, but he is a veteran guy who's going to be in the locker room. He's always been a team guy um, as far as locker room goes. And I think he's a great addition to the team. I think he's going to help some younger guys who are like AJ Terrell and anyone else the Falcons bring in. He's going to help them find their uh, place, find what works, find what doesn't, and really help the Falcons build a uh, defense that is strong. And it's a big reason why I would not be shocked if the Falcons win the NFC South this year. 
because there aren't a lot of teams in this. There's not a lot of good players in the NFC South right now. Buccaneers, they used to have Tom Brady. Now they have uh, Baker Mayfield throwing to Mike Evans in his final year. Um, I They played well yesterday, but I don't know if that, that'll go well the entire season. You got Bryce Young's Panthers, who they already beat. Um, the the Seahawks, or not the Seahawks, the Saints, they, they've got Derek Carr. They've got, I, I don't know that that's a team that is really something who's going to win either. So I think the Atlanta Falcons are a good shot to win the NFC South, primarily because of Jesse Bates and this Falcons defense that played phenomenal yesterday. So like Chuss alluded to, I think this is going to be a good test for Jordan Love next week. Can what is Jesse Bates going to do next week? Cause he's going to be there. He's going to cause problems for Jordan love. And so uh, if the Packers want to make Jordan love look good, they're going to have to figure out a solution for Jesse Bates. Who did you have offensively? Um, offensively? I mean, obviously the person that's been talked about the most probably this week uh, or this weekend, you know, Tyree kill. I wanted to highlight him just briefly because, you know, 11 receptions, 215 yards and two touchdowns is just unbelievably incredible for a wide receiver who said that he wanted to try to break 2000 yards this year already has a great start for the Miami Dolphins. Great game over there. 36, 34 final. That probably was maybe the best game of the weekend. Personally, I don't think there was even most of them were blowouts and just really not Mm -hmm. fun games. So I think that might've been one of the more fun ones next to probably the chiefs and the, uh, Lions. So I kind of wanted to highlight him, of course. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think, also, you know, obviously had a really big day. Eight receptions, 129 yards, and two touchdowns against the Steelers. He had a really big game as well, which obviously we don't know how the production is going to go, but he had a really big week. Um, Another guy that a lot of people aren't really thinking about too much, but also had a pretty big game in Vegas was um, Jacoby Myers. I mean, nine receptions, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, he had totaled about 29.1, 29.2 fantasy points this week, and um, a lot of people didn't really think too much of it, but he is a player that did have two touchdowns and obviously nine receptions and multiple targets on offense. So in that 17-16 final for the Vegas Raiders. So that is definitely another one that I definitely wanted to highlight. We have some other rookies and stuff that I would probably want to keep on the down low that we'll probably talk about some of the other fantasy videos. So definitely keep on the lookout for that. But I'll leave you off with one more, which was the running back for the Atlanta Falcons. That isn't Bijan Robinson, but it's actually mm. um, it's Tyler <laughs> Algier, I think. Algier. Al- Al- Algier. Algier. Yeah. He had 75 yards and two touchdowns in the 24-10 game yesterday against the Panthers. So although Bijan Robinson did have a re- receiving touchdown. Bijan not that guy? Bijan not that guy? Well, I mean, go figure. The three of them had the three touchdowns. For the <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, like, I mean. And Drake so, London had not, nothing. Drake London had or, zero. He might as well have not yeah. even played. <laughs> Come on, but, Desmond. Um, we're not Bijan, but you, you know, yeah. like it's not Bijan yeah. Robinson, but yeah. yeah, but still, I don't, I don't actually have those numbers right off the top. That's of my that's head, fine, right? that's fine. Yeah. I'm, I was just messing. We don't know yet. The other one. Oh yeah, Bijan Robinson. Yeah, he had 56 yards in a in a receiving touchdown. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was I was looking at the Brian Robinson for some reason. I was looking oh, at his numbers. No, that's but Brian the Robinson. 
yeah, he had a receiving touchdown, but so did Bijan Robinson. So okay. that kind of screwed me up a little bit. So, but yeah, so they they did encompass the three touchdowns for the Falcons. So might be a little bit of a uh, you know running back heavy offense over in Atlanta. So we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that as well. So, but so, yeah, those are some of the players I wanted to highlight this week. Production could go up and down, but they had some boom, boom, boom weeks. Congratulations to anybody that had them on your <laughs> rosters this week. Because my goodness, they might have just carried you. A couple of those players specifically. So, so before we get in to the big show tonight, the reason we obviously have Stan the Jet fan here, along with his commentary on some other things, but the primary reason we have him here is to tell us about that Monday Night Football game. First, we're required because it's a primetime game to talk about the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. Let me tell you, I was I was hoping Graham Gano would do something. I was hoping he would be a big part of the game and we'd be talking about him as the kicker for the New York Giants. And you know what? He was a big part of the game and we were talking about him, but not for the right reasons. Graham Gano had negative two fantasy points because he couldn't make Jack. And uh, he also had a block field goal that was returned for a touchdown. So uh, I know, but if you, but but, real quick, bouncing back real quick, I just wanted to say highlighting a kicker that actually did do good. Jake Elliott had 18 fantasy points with four field goals and an extra point made. So at least if you had Jake Elliott, you were good. Now, Graham Gano fans, uh, not, not looking too hot, but go back, Josh. I just wanted to jump to that because I know I have him in fantasy. So so I forgot. Yeah. uh, Jake Elliott had more fantasy points than some quarterbacks this week, but, um, Stan, I know you're a Jets fan primarily, but you're in New York. They play in the same stadium. Uh, what is – I don't know if any of your friends have talked to you because obviously you're in Ohio right now. But uh, what do you think the consensus is around the New York Giants? You probably are the closest to any of that uh, between the three of us. Uh, does Brian Dable need to go back to the drawing board? Does Daniel Jones suck? Uh, what's going on? I think most Giants fans uh, hate their organization and team right now, um, and they're not—they're not very secretive about it. It's sticking to Daniel Jones this long. I actually do think he's a—he's a decent quarterback. I think he has plenty of room to grow. But most fans of the Giants, people that are watching every single snap he takes, they don't like him. They also don't like the fact that their offense seems to be static even when he's on the field. So when your starting quarterback is leading, when your starting quarterback is having a good game, even then you see him almost static. Um, and the whole running back thing with Saquon and their running back rooms and what they're dealing with, that's not helping the situation either. Uh, the thing is, is they're an organization that right now has more drama than anything good happening on the field, and most of the fans are not happy. Before last night, before that primetime match, uh, pretty much everyone I talked to who is a Giants fan was feeling uncertain at best about this season. And I imagine most of them are feeling nothing but complete dread at this point in time. So, yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones is a top 10 highest paid quarterback in the league right now. And the, o- the O-line did not look great for the Giants, and I'll give Daniel Jones credit there. But it honestly looked like Brian Dable said, watch the Bengals game and then do what the Bengals do. And then forgot to tell them, never mind, because offensively they looked terrible. They, they just, 
they were. I think they're the only team that scored less points than the Bengals yesterday. Daniel Jones got sacked a bunch. The receivers and him were not linking up. The special teams unit was terrible. And Dallas's defense is phenomenal. Like, their pass rush game is insane. But come on. This is a divisional game. You guys should know this by now. I don't – on prime time. Because yeah. I was going to say, like, even going back to, like, you know, Bengals and, like, Browns, like, yeah, you guys struggled, and I get that. But, like, you guys didn't get 40 to nothing. You're, you're, wasn't your final score, like, 20 to 3? Yeah, something like I forget the. I exact mean, it wasn't it wasn't like Cleveland like scored like forty five points. It wasn't like it was like forty five to three. I feel like that would have been. This is a heartbreaking loss for Giants fans. Oh. Like, I, you know, one way or another, like, yeah, it, it sucks for Steelers fans that we lost pretty poorly. It sucks for Bengals fans that they didn't you know do as well as they had thought either. But like, this is a very crushing loss because they put nothing on the board, and that that really doesn't show a lot for the team. And if I could jump back in, mm-hmm. I really don't blame Daniel Jones. Okay. In fact, looking at his career right now, I think he's going to have a Sam Bradford type of career. Not great, but not <laughs> terrible. Sam Bradford, um, legend. No, I, I think most of the fault is onto his defense for allowing all those points against him. And then also for the O-line, the Giants haven't really had a great O-line in, well, a very long time now. It's been since... Really back when they had Eli Manning and they were trying to win a Super Bowl, and they did win a Super Bowl, that was the last time they had a decent O-line. Uh, and their O-line has a lot of young guys, so there's, there's definitely hope for the future. They have a lot of top draft picks on that O-line, so they have to figure out how to get some coach in there, some coach to work with that O-line and get them to look like a unit. There's also the fact that the Giants on defense have so many holes, so many old players who are kind of like sticking over way beyond when they should be on this team starting. Um, and it's, it's a big issue with the organization itself. I think the organization needs to find a focus. Um, and as a Jets fan, I know what that feels like. I feel like my organization hasn't really had a focus until about two years ago. And in these last two years, even though we haven't been the best, we've had big improvements to this team. And at the very least, you can say that the Jets have so many brighter spots on their team than the Giants. And for pretty much the first time uh, in forever, the Jets are looking like the best team in MetLife. I, I, I mean, the, yeah, the, because the Giants looked terrible last night, so that the bar wasn't high in MetLife. But uh, yeah. you mentioned Sam Bradford, and I was curious to see if he was ever the uh, top 10 highest paid quarterback in the league. And fun fact, Sam Bradford actually, with his rookie contract, this shows you how far we've come in paying quarterbacks. Uh, when he was selected first overall by the Rams in 2010, he signed a six-year, $78 million contract containing $50 million guaranteed salary before ever stepping foot on the field. The contract made him one of the top 10 highest paid <laughs> quarterbacks in the league with the highest guarantee as a rookie. And now... So what? 13 million a year Garrett, yeah in average it been, guarantees, yeah yeah because if it was 78 million divided by six it yeah. would have been Some, 13 but... million a year bro what that's, that's, <laughs> as that's a rookie high? like that's and high that was 13 like, years ago that that's what dang. i'm talking about that's what i was i mentioned this in the herbert video so go watch this yeah, again but yeah joe burrow is not going to be a highest paid quarterback maybe top five highest paid quarterback next year because it's exponentially going up. But anyway, um, now Daniel Jones is a highest-paid quarterback. So apparently you don't need to be that good to be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Even though I know you said it's not Daniel Jones, but come on. Like Daniel Daniel Jones isn't that guy. Do you think he's a franchise guy? I think he's a very, very mediocre quarterback. <laughs> I think he can be a, a decent starter, but if you want to get anywhere far with a starter like him, you're going to have to have a really good team around him. Um, and, and, you know, that game last night made me remember some of the Jets' losses from last year. And, you know, our defense would keep us in so close. You know, the other team would score maybe one or two touchdowns, one or two scoring plays, and Zach Wilson would do absolutely nothing. Um, it's got to hurt way more as a Giants fan when you're watching these this uh, that game last night, a primetime game, and your team doesn't even have a chance, right? For me, maybe there was a fluke that Zach Wilson could have had some good play, and, and there was a few games throughout the season that he did have those fluke plays, those 60-yard plays, and boom, we're in the lead. Uh, if this is what your team is looking like and you're, you're a Giants fan, I don't think you see any hope with that. Like, that, that's really bad. I mean, it's I don't know if there will be worse performance this year. That might be the worst performance of a defense for the year, week one. Yeah, and 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 how about Giants fans getting blown out at home too? Like that's got to be even just as deflating. You know, you go, you pay for that Sunday night football ticket to see your uh, amazing Giants who ended up actually in uh, the wild card last year, ended up beating, you know, the Minnesota Vikings going on to the second round. Uh, losing only to the runner-up in the Super Bowl being the Eagles. Very high hopes for this year just to get blown out by the Dallas Cowboys at home on prime time. Like, that's got to be very deflating. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong, like, I feel like a lot of uh, fan bases have had their fair share of deflating uh, games this weekend, but um, I can only – I sympathize with the uh, Giants fans. I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. I will I will also point out, I think the state with the most Cowboy fans outside of Texas is pr- most likely New Jersey. Um, I, I want to say like 10% of my high school, 10% of my high school were Cowboys fans. So it's got to it's gotta be great to be those people today. But like why though? Like you have two teams in New York slash New Jersey. Why the heck would you want to be a – like it just make, for me it makes no sense. It's like – it's like being in LA and then being like, oh, I'm a uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Like, you have two teams over there plus San Francisco. Like, pick pick a count. Like, come on, bro. Well, like, speaking of there being speaking of there being two teams in New Jersey slash New York, let's talk about the uh, other team from New Jersey slash New York that plays in MetLife Stadium that is going to attempt to make. New York proud again. Uh, the New York Jets. Stan, what should we expect tonight from the New York Jets? What should we expect from the Buffalo Bills? What should we be watching for? And who do you think wins? A lot of questions. Um, I'm going to start <laughs> out by saying this is by far the most nervous I've ever felt for any game. By far. Um, and it's because this is the season where my expectations are the highest. I think right now it's it's make it or break it time for the New York Jets. You win and you get into the playoffs and hopefully make a push for a Super Bowl, or you're probably not going to be able to do that for another three years. right? If you cannot make this team work, I don't know if this organization is in the right place to make any team work. So that's what we're looking at tonight. And this game against the Bills, you know, the, the, the third New York team, the only one that's in the state of New York, uh, this is going to be a really exciting one. Um, for me, there's 
two big questions for the New York Jets. One is, will our safety room hold up well? Uh, last year, we had the number three defense in the league, and our safety room, I believe, was number four to the bottom. So really bad safety room on a good defense. We have a few, we had quite a few guys come in. Chuck Clark, one of the big guys there, uh, is on injury reserve. But we have Adrian Amos. We have Tony Adams stepping up. And we have Jordan Whitehead, who we had since last season. Can they make this work? The starting lineup of Jordan Whitehead and Tony Adams, can those two provide enough defensive coverage to allow our quarterbacks like Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, to actually hold on to their matchups and not have to cover half the field? Uh, that's going to be a big question. The other big question, as has been forever for the New York Jets, is our O-line. Now, we've made improvements there. We've been improving there. But this game is going to show us, you know, against a pretty good defensive line in the Buffalo Bills and a defense overall that's been uh, pushing heavily the last few years that gets after the quarterback, will our O-line stand up to this defense? Um, for the Jets, there's a little bit of a uh, little, little breath of relief because you don't have to deal with Von Miller tonight. So that's going to make it a little bit easier for that, def uh, for that offensive line. Um, but that defense is still a strong defense. So those are two big questions. In regards to what to expect from the Bills, well, I'm looking a lot at that wide receiver room. You have three big names there, uh, Hardy, uh, obviously Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Um, I think Davis and Diggs are, you know, very good above average uh, wide receivers. Diggs perhaps more obviously than Davis. Um, but they're going to go against two pretty good quarterbacks in DJ Reed and uh, Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner, who – kept so many uh, wide, wide receivers under 50 yards last season. So this matchup versus Diggs, who's going to meet twice this year, is going to be one of the main things I'm looking at on the field. Uh, and, and if uh, the wide receivers of the Bills can get open, I have no doubt that Josh Allen's going to find them, and that is their key to victory. Now, I have Stephon Diggs in one of my fantasy teams <laughs> and another, so I'm hoping he has just enough points uh, for me to win the one I have him uh, on and not too many that I lose that other match. But I do think he's going to have uh, quite the interesting, just a really heavy spotlight on him tonight. So that's that's where I'm looking uh, for the Buffalo Bills. On the Bills' defense, I don't think they're really any better than last year. I don't think they're a lot worse, but they're going to be about the same. The big the big difference, again, comes in losing Von Miller. Um, and when I'm looking at that defense, that secondary has a lot of great players in that secondary. So how will they hold up against – Aaron Rodgers and the wide receivers of the Jets, which also, you know, a really strong wide receiver group there. Those are the big questions for the Bills. Uh, finally, my expectation for the night, I think we're going to see a total of about six or seven touchdowns because you have two really good quarterbacks with two really good wide receiver rooms. Now, I think it's going to be 4-3 one way, and I, I, don't, I don't even really care enough to give a final score on this because <laughs> I, think that, I, I, don't, I don't think it really uh, makes a difference in the end, but I think you're going to see a good five to seven six to seven uh, touchdowns through the night. Can you, can you at least give us a winner? Well, I think you know who I think is going to win. I'm, I'm definitely rooting for the Jets here. I know who um, you want I, to win. Most, well, I, I think they're going to win. I, okay. I do think okay. the Jets are the better team right now. Um, the thing is, both teams have those questions. And for the Jets, those questions are a little bit more important. I think where, you know, will you, will Diggs get open? Well, even if he doesn't, you still have tight ends. You still have a really good running back room. For the Bills, so those questions aren't as heavy. While for the Jets, the questions of our safety, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills, that's a team that can exploit having holes in uh, that safety room. Uh, they can attack the middle of that field, 
And if those safeties aren't really pushing it up and, and keeping Allen in check, Allen's going to exploit that. So uh, the questions for the Jets, I think, are a lot more dire. And if, the, if the Jets can answer those two questions, the Jets definitely win. Um, I'd, say, I'd say 60-40% chance for the Jets. I, I think it really depends on will that safety room stand up and will that offensive line stand up. Okay. So I definitely think the Jets are going to win. With the way that week one has gone, I think that <laughs> I had nothing against the Jets because I do think the Jets are a lot better of a team. But I think a lot of hype obviously always is surrounding Buffalo just because obviously they've been the favorites for four years or whatever to win the Super Bowl multiple, multiple years in a row. Obviously Kansas City and came in and lost. Bengals came in and lost. I think the Jets are going to beat Buffalo. And I think it's going to be funny because I think the NFL analysts are all going to be in shambles because all their uh, favorite teams ever are all going to be 0-1 starting this season. And I think it is time for the room of new teams. I think I think it is a wave of new teams because, <laughs> hey, you know, Tampa Bay won yesterday. Tampa Bay won. I, I think there's just a lot of uh, great football being played with some of these, excuse me, younger players. And um, I think I think the Jets definitely are going to win. I do think they are the better team going into tonight, personally. I, th- I think I, I have high hopes for them. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers should put on a show. I don't know how well you guys are going to do throughout the season. Obviously, you have to account for injuries and different things like that. But for a week one performance, oh, yeah, I'm giving this one to the Jets, too. Also, let me throw a little bit of cultural commentary in there. <laughs> I, I think the NFL was a little exploitative to have the New York Jets play a division rival on 9-11. I think it's very obvious yeah. what they're doing, pitting two New York teams against each other on 9-11. I think it's a little bit inappropriate from the NFL. But for New York City, you know, the, the FDNY is going to be there tonight. The NYPD is going to have a lot of members there, and they're going to get honored tonight. Um, and I think that part is, is also a sense of pride for the city. Um, growing up after 9-11 and right next to New York City, um, 9-11 was always the symbol of how we regrew as a city. You know, the New York skyline will never look like what it looked back then, but look at the buildings we built there, look at the memorial that has been built at Ground Zero. Uh, for New York City, for us as a, as a culture of New York City, the growth after 9-11 means so much. And I think the players are not losing uh, the, you know, what that means uh, to the city. Um, and, and having, you know, the NYPD and the FDNY there, um, I think is also going to mean a lot to those players. It's, it's going to bring out the best of the city because as we grew from 9-11, so has the city grown and the culture grown. So I, I think people as fans, we're, we're really excited to see our team here, but it's also a big moment for us as a city so many years after 9-11, after such a devastating, terrible, terrible thing, uh, you know, looking at the New York City skyline, how we've regrown um, as a people. I I don't know that the NFL was being exploit exploitative in a negative way. It seems I think the Giants and the Jets have played against each other before on 9/11. It seems like it's almost become like you said a uniting thing. And that's something beautiful about sports. That's part of why we started the podcast. Is sports brings people together. And what better way to do that for the NFL by bringing New York together on September 11th. Um yeah. So I agree. I think I think it'll be a beautiful way to bring the team together. I do want to give my pick, though, and because I'm going to go against the grain here. I do think that on paper, the New York Jets are a better team. However, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but he hasn't 
been in a regular season game with these guys yet. They might not have the chemistry. Alan Lazard, yes, but I'm mainly thinking Garrett Wilson. So I think it's going to be a very close game. It's going to be a very fun game to watch. I'm going to go with the Bills 27 to 24. I think a field goal is going to separate them. I just they're getting they're getting some guys back on defense they didn't have last year. Yes, they lost Von Miller, but I think the Diggs to Allen relationship is going to beat the Rodgers to uh, Wilson relationship. <sighs> I, I I appreciate your take. Um, I guess we'll see we'll see tonight. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's all I've got. I was just whenever Stan brought up the the exploiting thing, I think that just kind of like threw me off because I I didn't even realize that either. I mean, I know it's supposed to be a uniting thing, but just yeah i the way that he said it i just was like oh my gosh this is so so true but i mean i it wouldn't put me it wouldn't put it past me that the nfl would be doing this for for views either but um but that's here nor there um it'll represent the city very good tonight because you know as we've already mentioned through stan so but still very interesting that they had the giants or not the Giants, the Jets play the Buffalo Bills on Monday night on 9-11 anniversary. But I hope it does show uniting tonight. And I'm glad that they're going to honor people tonight because they need to. Because if they didn't, that would be stupid. That would have just been like a troll at that point. Like that would have been stupid. So, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in the uh, in this in this game tonight. I will say I, I do I definitely do see the uniting factor of having the 9/11 match. It just it does leave a, a weird taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like the and also the way you, like you're like I don't like how the NFL exploited it. I like the phrasing. Like, chuckled at that. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, the NFL leave it to the NFL to plan two New York teams to play on the anniversary of 9/11. But then you got into your your the, the deeper culture meaning of it and the fact that they're actually going to represent people from like the nypd and stuff and like that's awesome but like if they would have done none of that i would have been just like what the, what the heck nfl never forget 9-11 and they're not gonna remember it but they, they are and i'm glad because this is bigger than football in the end well this has been a great show um i did not expect to end it on that note but it kind of we cycled back we talked about 9-11 to begin and now we're talking about it at the end but yeah. now I must go into my spiel. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you think I said something stupid, comment. If you think Stan the Jet fan said something stupid, comment. If you think Chuss is a moron like that one guy did, comment. So, somebody is definitely going to comment. I know somebody's going to comment on one of these videos saying uh, I'm stupid, so it's okay. I'm fine with it. So, uh, yeah, make sure to comment, and uh, that helps us out. And I try to reply to all the comments. Trust replies to the comments. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at No But Show. Like I mentioned before, Chuss is going to be doing some fantasy uh, hookup specials where he tries to find some sleeper picks for you in fantasy. Those will only be on YouTube, so you're going to want to subscribe there. Our social media pages are no butts underscore show on Instagram and no butts show on TikTok. 
My Twitter is Josh underscore butts underscore 2001, where you can see me cry about the Cincinnati Bengals offense uh, every Sunday, or you might see me just like really excited. Hopefully, hopefully you see me excited more often. Anyway, that's Josh underscore butts underscore 2001. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at bull moose podcast two. That's the number two at gmail.com. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description, so check out the merch. I do have some new ideas cooking up in the head for some merch. Uh, once again, if you enjoyed today's show, or if you didn't enjoy today's show, like, comment, and subscribe. We'll try to do better next time if you didn't like it. We're always trying to improve. Until next time, go do something nice for someone.